MSW Media. News was swearing. Daily beans, daily beans, daily beans, daily beans. Hello. And welcome to the Daily Beans for Monday, March 1st, 2021. Today, Twitter exploded this weekend with images of the CPAC stage, which is in the shape of a common Nazi symbol. Sexual misconduct allegations emerge about both Madison Cawthorn and Governor Cuomo. The FBI has singled out a suspect in the death of Capitol Officer Sicknick. Lawyers for an 18-year-old insurrectionist pushed to have him released to his parents, and NASA officially names its D.C. headquarters after hidden figure Mary W. Jackson. I'm A.G. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Quite a weekend in the news. Dana, how have you been? How how How's everything? How's your backs? How's your ribs? How's the, th- how's the stuff? Oh, thank you for asking about my backs and my ribs. Everything, knock on wood, is where it should be at the, at the moment. <laughs> everything seems to be fine. And so I'm just taking a deep breath, but not too deep of a breath, because that seems to be what throws my ribs out of <laughs> That's Uh, kind of my refrain at this age, right? Everything is where it's supposed to be today. Yeah, that's how it feels right now. So thank you for asking. Right now I am pain-free. I'm going to just say that way. I'm pain-free at the moment. I'm so glad to hear that. Thank you. Uh, We do have a a really interesting show today. So uh, the, the person... The guy who initially pointed out the shape of the CPAC stage being an odal rune, which is a known Nazi symbol, is a friend of mine, old dear friend of mine. He reached out to me with his tweet Friday morning, which I quickly tweeted out from uh, all three accounts over on Twitter. And that his tweet caught fire. It went viral. Uh, and even garnered the attention of Matt Schlapp and Dinesh D'Souza, TMZ, Snopes. I mean, it went it went gangbusters. And uh, we're going to be speaking with him because he knows what this symbol means. And, and a- as does anyone who kind of is knowledgeable of, of that iconography and, and that sort of uh, symbology. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about the shape of that CPAC and not just whether or not it was intentional because we don't know if it was intentional or not. Uh, I mean, if you pair it up with some other things that they've done, sure does seem intentional, but yeah. the, the reaction is, is concerning the, uh, that, you know, the non-acknowledgement, non-apology, n- not changing it, uh, gaslighting type of thing. So we're going to have that discussion a little bit later. And then uh, I want to thank everyone who, um, joined us on the stereo app Thursday at five Pacific. That was so much fun. Thanks to everyone for, for coming to that. And, you know, we do that every Thursday, uh, for our little daily beans after party for the public, uh, on the stereo app. It's a free app. You download it. You can download it at stereo.com slash Allison Gill, two L's and Allison, two L's and Gill and search for myself and, uh, Dana at DG comedy and, and give us a follow. And then you can, you can join us on Thursdays. It's so much fun. I've been in, I've been loving it. I love that we keep getting new listeners every week and new people asking questions. And then we have some of our all time regulars and it's just nice to, it's just nice to be with our people. So definitely join us. Yeah. It's super great for my mental health to, really to be is. amongst like-minded folks. And then, um, you know, Andrew and I do the same thing every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific time for Clean Up on Aisle 45. That's the new podcast that comes out on Wednesdays. 
Uh, and it is about what it sounds like. Clean up on aisle 45. <laughs> That's sort of what we what we talk about. I still love the title. It's so good. It really is so good. <laughs> Thank you so much. And uh, then, you know, we do have weekly happy hours with our patrons on Fridays, Fridays at 5 p.m. or 4 p.m. Pacific time, actually. And if you want to become a patron, you can do that by going to patreon.com slash the daily beans. And that's a lot of fun. It's only three bucks a month. And if you can't swing it, there's people who are willing to sponsor a year long membership for you or you can sponsor a year long membership for somebody to get access to those meetings and our closed social media groups and all the bonus content, etc. So do that if you're feeling it. Uh, otherwise, we this is the this is the uh, this is the free part, and you're gonna you're gonna get it all. There's a lot of news <laughs> to go over, so <laughs> let's do it. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right, lead story today: the FBI has pinpointed an assailant in its investigation into the death of Brian Sicknick, a Capitol police officer who was injured while fending off the pro-Trump mob that stormed the Capitol last month, and he later died. That's according to two law enforcement officials who were briefed. On the investigation, and the FBI opened a homicide investigation into Officer Sicknick's death soon after the January 6th attack on the Capitol. Investigators initially struggled to determine what had happened as he fought assailants. They soon began to suspect, though, that his death was related to an irritant like mace or bear spray that he had inhaled during the riot. Both officers and rioters were armed with such irritants during the attack. According to the story, Sicknick was taken back to the station and later collapsed and then succumbed to his injury in the hospital. Um, this is a significant breakthrough in the case. Investigators have now pinpointed a person seen on video of the riot who attacked several officers with bear spray, including Officer Sicknick, and that's according to officials. And video evidence shows that the assailant discussed attacking officers with bear spray beforehand. <laughs> so intent uh, established. Premeditated. Yeah. Now, while investigators narrowed potential suspects seen in video footage to a single person this week, they have yet to identify the assailant by name. So they are looking into that. And it's it's not looking like there'll be uh, homicide murder charges. It looks more like uh, sort of an involuntary manslaughter sure. type situation because they the bear spray, while it can kill, while it can be lethal, uh, it might be hard to prove that this person intended to kill Officer Sicknick with the bear spray. Agreed. Agreed. Thank you so much for that, A.G. All right, A.G., this next story. This is about the 18-year-old Bruno Qua, who was allegedly seen in multiple videos standing in the Senate chamber of the U.S. Capitol with a handful of other rioters. Now, this is an interesting story. So the videos have since gone viral. Basically, there's a man in combat gear now identified as Air Force veteran Larry Brock Jr. chiding the rioters, including Qua, about why they shouldn't sit in Vice President Mike Pence's chair, which it seems like etiquette at this point sort of gone out the fucking window, you know what I mean? So that's why I find that part very interesting. But Qua seemed confused uh, because that's clearly not why they're there, is to uh, respect the Capitol. So Qua seemed confused by this and asked, well, they can steal the election, but we can't sit in their chairs. Now, in a defense motion filed on Friday, Bruno Qua's lawyers said their client, quote, is an impressionable 18-year-old kid who was in the middle of finishing his online coursework to graduate from high school when he was arrested. All right, so prosecutors, for their part, see Qua through a very different lens, obviously. In a criminal complaint, they point to Qua's social media posts 
in the run-up and the aftermath to January 6th to suggest that he was someone who was genuinely inspired by the former president, uh, Trump, and um, very intent on violence. So Kwa's case is a stark example of just how powerful misinformation can be. So both prosecution and defense agree that he was radicalized by what he read online and the decision to embrace the falsehoods he discovered in chat rooms and social media changed the course of his life. So apparently social media is the new video game. Uh, Kwa, who's believed to be the youngest person so far to be charged with storming the, the Capitol, allegedly assaulted a federal police officer. Obviously, they can't say he did that without proof. But his lawyers say that as part of his conditions for release, he would be willing to stay off social media and be monitored in his parents' house. Now, I guarantee if this was a black young man, this would not be the concessions being made to systems of justice. It's a little infuriating that they're just going to be like, all right, they want to slap on the wrist and go back to mommy and daddy's house, which is apparently where this fucking problem started in the first place. So I'm not sure how that would benefit anyone at this point. Yeah. Young, impressionable, innocent, naive kid storming the Capitol to overthrow the government and commit violence and assault officers. Right. Okay. Um, it, it reminds me of, remember the story of that Brock kid who wasn't let off? Of course for, I do. Yeah. yeah. It, it's like, oh, he was a good student. He means well. This is going to, this is going to, this is going to ruin his future. This is going to ruin his athletic career. Mm, yeah, I know he ruined his future. He's 18. He should be treated, charged and tried as an adult period. A hundred percent agreed. hundred percent agreed. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, even if he was 16, that's, that's an adult decision yep. that you've made. Also in the news, a few stories about sexual misconduct. The first comes about Madison Cawthorn, the youngest member ever elected to Congress at 25. According to over three dozen people, however, Cawthorn, who is in a wheelchair because of a car accident he was in, was a menace to women during his time at Patrick Henry College. He hung out with a bunch of dickbags. They were actually known on campus as the douche crew. Oh, my God. Yeah, this is a group of fuckboys that would speed around campus in their stupid cars. Cawthorn had a Dodge Challenger. Of course he Same did. car as the Duke boys, by the way, and the Dukes of Hazard. which although this one was white, it didn't have a Confederate flag painted on it. But, you know, apparently Cawthorn would coerce young women into taking joy rides with him. He would drive recklessly out to the middle of nowhere while asking these young women very disturbing questions about their sexual history, making them extremely uncomfortable. Uh, Some women didn't think they were going to make it back to campus, but they did. It got to the point where dorm RAs, remember those resident assistants, Mm -hmm. would warn the women not to get in a car with Cawthorn because he was widely known to be dangerous. So this story is still developing, but check out the story in BuzzFeed. It's called Danger Warning. Women say Cawthorn harassed them in college. So real gem of a man. And in a related story, Governor Cuomo of New York is under fire again. He now has a second staffer coming forward about his sexual misconduct, saying that he asked her questions about her sex life, whether she was monogamous in her relationships, and if she ever had sex with older men. The aide, Charlotte Bennett, who was an executive assistant and health policy advisor in the Cuomo administration until she left in November, told the New York Times that the governor had harassed her late last spring during the height of the state's fight against COVID. Ms. Bennett, 25, said 25, said the most unsettling episode occurred on June 5th when she was alone with Mr. Cuomo in his state capitol office. In a series of interviews this week, she said the governor asked her numerous questions about her personal life, including whether she thought age made a difference in romantic relationships and had said that he was open to relationships with women in their 20s. These are comments she interpreted as clear overtures to a sexual relationship. 
Cuomo said in a statement to the Times Saturday that he believed he had been acting as a mentor and had never made advances toward Ms. Bennett. Uh, He said, nor did I ever intend to act in any way that was inappropriate. He said he had requested an independent review of the matter and asked that New Yorkers await the findings before making any judgments. Now, Ms. Bennett's account follows another detailed accusation published Wednesday by Lindsay Boylan, a former state economic development official who said that Cuomo harassed her on several occasions between 2016 and 2018, at one point giving her an unsolicited kiss on the lips at his Manhattan office. So that's what's going on with uh, Governor Cuomo right now. We're watching this story as it unfolds. We'll continue to uh, to keep you apprised if anyone else comes forward. But this seems to be, um, we've got sort of a pattern now. Yeah, I would agree. And um, I will say this, no matter what political party, if he's guilty of that, that he's being accused, he needs to be held accountable. Yeah. I don't care if he's got a D or an R in front of his name. So, And I'm kind of a little sick of people saying, oh, Trump has 26, Cuomo has two. And um, somebody commented, hey, these are human lives, not touchdowns. And... Uh, his 26 doesn't make one okay. No, agreed. 100%. Thank you for stating that very clearly, Allison, and very succinctly, as you often do. Uh, Now, to end this big chunk, we have a feel-good story, and this is it. NASA's officially named its headquarters in the nation's capital after Mary W. Jackson, the agency's first black woman engineer, with a ceremony honoring her legacy on Friday. NASA's acting administrator said during a virtual ceremony Friday, quote, with the official naming of the Mary W. Jackson NASA headquarters, we ensure she is a hidden figure no longer. Jackson's story is one of incredible determination. She personified NASA's spirit of persevering against all odds, providing inspiration and advancing science and exploration. There is no denying that she faced innumerable challenges in her work, work that would eventually help send the first Americans to space. Jackson's work was spotlighted, and I I hope everyone saw this, but Jackson's work was spotlighted in the 2016 Margot Lee Shutterly book, Hidden Figures, The American Dream and the Untold Story of the Black Women Mathematicians Who Helped Win the Space Race. The book was turned into the Oscar-nominated movie Hidden Figures later that same year with actress Janelle Monae portraying Jackson. (laughs) I love Janelle Monae so much. I love the representation. She is so fabulous and so many ways so this just it brings me joy this is long overdue there's so many people of color that have built the history of this country in so many massive accomplishments in space and technology and so many other fields arts everything it's so nice that these stories are being yes that they're being uh, brought to the forefront so they can have the honors that they so so deserve yeah, and if if I remember the film, she was qualified to apply for the engineering program, but then they changed the rules mm-hmm. saying that you had to take certain night classes at a local college, uh, which was a segregated college, so she wasn't allowed. And so she actually had to go to court to get permission uh, and, and become the first black woman to attend those classes. She was only allowed to go to night school, uh, according to the script, but it just, the, again, the perseverance, absolutely incredible. I absolutely, that film, it just gives me the chills. And then now they're, they're naming NASA headquarters in DC after her. It's just so wonderful. I love it. I love it. And, you know, I, I just, I'm so grateful that we have the administration we do now, because I honestly don't think any of this stuff, I, he would, Donald would find a way to block this shit, you know, even if it was just something as beautiful as this. So I'm just so glad that right now and hopefully forevermore, he's not going to be in power. And we have an administration that is not just celebrating 
but like raising up uh, BIPOC people in this community that have done such good things uh, for the country, for the country. It's just for their country. It's amazing. I love it. Yeah. Wonderful. And if if you haven't seen Hidden Figures, definitely um, take the time. It's well worth it. Indeed. And social media exploded over the weekend with a viral tweet from an old friend of mine, Hammy, <laughs> about the unusual shape of the stage at CPAC. We'll speak with the originator of the tweet. His name is Andrew Hamilton after this break. Stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody. It's AG for The Daily Beans. Sweet listeners, you know, uh, you're one of a kind, and so am I. Nobody is like you on the planet. So why would you buy a generic mattress built for everyone else on the planet? The segment of the podcast is brought to you by Helix Sleep. They recognize we're unique, and we all sleep differently. Helix Sleep customizes your mattress to fit you in the way you sleep best. A lot of us have trouble sleeping from time to time. I know I do. But I found Helix Sleep, and Helix created a sleep quiz that takes two minutes to complete online and they use the answers to match your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you so if you like a mattress that's plush or if you like a firm bed or if you sleep on your side or your belly or your back they have a perfect mattress for you uh, I was matched with the Helix Midnight because I like a medium firm bed and I sleep on my side, so it's perfect for me. But you don't have to take my word for it. And seriously, this is the best night's sleep I've ever had in my life. But Helix was actually awarded number one best overall mattress pick of 2019 and then again in 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. So just go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans, take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty, and you get to try it out for 100 nights with no risk. They'll pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will love it. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders for listeners at helixsleep.com slash dailybeans. That's helix, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash dailybeans for up to $200 off. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Today, I have the pleasure of being joined by the person who first pointed out the shape of the CPAC stage as an odal rune uh, on social media. His name is Andrew Hamilton. Andrew, welcome. Hi. How are you doing, Zach? Uh, I'm doing well. So, just uh, to put this out here, you and I have known each other f since what, like 2013? Yes, I think it was 2013. Something like that. About eight years. And uh, for for legal reasons, we don't want to go into what job you were doing or what you were working on, but uh, that that kind of gave you an insight into the shape of this stage. But can you tell us how you first saw or were were alerted to the sh just the shape of the stage. When where did you see it? Yeah, I was uh, I was just catching up with the news on uh, Friday morning, looking at uh, the news coming out of CPAC. Saw the footage of uh, I can't remember who it was who was talking on the stage, and that aerial crane down camera looking from the stage from top down. Instantly, my uh, radar kicked off. And went that's not a good symbol. Uh, because obviously I had experience of working with the the those uh, ancient uh, uh, languages, the the Thutharks, as they are. There's like three of them, uh, and yeah, you just get used to recognizing the, the 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 cliff edges that are when you work with those those symbols and how how uh, I, I guess uh, how they've been misused in the past and the connotations that go along with them. Got it. So this project you were working on um, would, ha would have a lot of eyes on it, and you were kind of using this these ancient languages, and y you you needed to make sure that you weren't using anything improper. Is that yeah. am I sort of getting that right? Pretty much. We wanted to use uh, we wanted to use these symbols as, as what they are. That they're they're, they're they're a language, and when uh, I, I, I mean we we wanted to use them as words and sentences. 
so we wouldn't use the runes uh, or, or the glyphs as they are uh, in isolation. And that's generally the rule of thumb that most people go by. I mean, the Germans have been quite clear on this since the 50s. They've got a whole section in their criminal conduct of, I think it's 68A of their law that outlines the symbols that you shouldn't use that have been associated with with the Nazis in the past. So this particular symbol that, and I'm not saying that the stage resembles it, it is it. Mm. Uh, it just directly, it is the shape that it's been outlawed in Germany. Yeah, uh, the use of it is you're not allowed to display it. Uh, yeah, it's uh, part of their criminal codes. Uh, along with the swastika, there's another one called the Sigrun, which is the S that forms up forms the SS. Uh, and there's a few. There's there's and they add to it as it goes on, but those ones have been in there for quite a while. So can you tell us a little bit uh, about, because I know that you've, you've looked into it, the history of how the Odal rune was adopted by uh, Germany and the SS. Do you, can you talk about that? Yeah, I mean, primarily the, the Odal rune is, it, it does the job of the letter O in the Roman alphabet. Uh, but when uh, the SS or that volunteer force in Yugoslavia used it as their symbol, they added the the serifs on the bottom of it, which make it uh, design-wise a much more balanced design. I mean, if you purely look at it in out of its context, it, it, they they've made it into a logo type. Right. So the so the O in in the language that we're talking about. Um, now I'm I'm describing these upside down, so you'll you'll put these together and then flip them over. But the the regular O is like a V on top, sitting on top of a diamond. Yeah. And then you flip that upside down. Now, what the what the Nazis did was they took that and added uh, serifs to it. So imagine a W sitting on top or or underneath yes, a diamond. Exactly. Right. And and that is their propagandization what i don't know how they well, yeah. how they sort of made their design out of it yeah like like all authoritarianism it really only works if it's branded you know that that goes dates back to royal seals you know royal seals are, are branding of authoritarianism so you know the the nazis did the same thing most authoritarian regimes need branding to succeed so you you tweeted about this um friday morning uh, we're on the West Coast. I think it was like 10 in the morning or something like that. And then you sent me a message um, saying, hey, have you have you seen this? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but, you know, because I've worked with these symbols before, this is this is bad. This is bad news. Uh, and I was absolutely shocked. I recognize the symbol. It's been used, you know, back in the, you know, and I've told the listeners this a lot. Back in the 80s, I was in a, a, a group called Sharp, which was the Skinheads Against Racial Prejudice. And we had a bunch of uh, other groups that we were opposing that were neo-Nazis, including the Hammerskins. And they would use this kind of symbology, Iron Cross, the Eagle, um, a Hammer's Crossed. Mm -hmm. Um, together, uh, obviously the swastika, the sig, um, which is the SS mm -hmm. that you're that you're very used to seeing with the with the you know the SS there, and then of course this particular uh, symbol as well. It's just iconography of the of alt right, far right neo Nazis, and and it's uh, it's a clear utilization of them. So I was absolutely flabbergasted. Retweeted it. Um, sent it out to a couple of groups that I'm familiar with, and it completely blew up. What's been the response? Uh, my, my Twitter reach has increased one million percent. 
over that tweet, which has been spectacular. Uh, but yeah, I mean, generally, from from my view of it, the response has been agreement that uh, I didn't expect when I tweeted it to get anything like this. I expected the few graphic design nerds and uh, people in my industry would would comment on it, uh, and it would be about five people talking about it. I didn't expect to have my workings checked by Simon Rosenberg. Right. Well, and what did Simon Rosenberg reply to your tweet with? Well, yeah, he 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 actually went and looked into it, checked that. I guess that I wasn't just uh, it wasn't hyperbole or uh, I'm imagining things, and he, he he was in complete agreement with me that it was uh, what it appeared to be. Yeah, and and it got picked up by uh, a few other outlets as well. I know that Snopes actually uh, did a poor framing on on this, mm-hmm. uh, uh, saying that it was unproven. Um, but but basically they were saying it was unproven that it was intentional. Yeah, which, which uh, unless we're in someone's head, we don't really know. I mean, the way I look at it, it feels at best a little, at best tone deaf to history. Yeah, and, and, and also uh, I know that it got tweeted out by, you know, I tweeted out, then Deborah Messing picked it up. I mean, a lot of people, you know, when we were starting to call, it, it st- hashtag started trending, like, um, a hashtag Hyatt Hitler, mm. and uh, a lot of people started calling out the CEO uh, and and the owners of the Hi- of Hyatt Hotels because they're hosting CPAC. Have you seen any? I mean, have, have you noticed that on your uh, feed as well? Oh yeah, no, I, I I've never been tagged in as many posts as possible, and, and you just watch the the anger spread as people realize that this is a very bad symbol, and it doesn't. I mean. When, when someone points out a mistake, and mistakes are made, yeah, whether intentionally or unintentionally, but when someone points out a mistake, it's more about how you deal with that mistake than the, uh, is the important thing. And it doesn't really feel that hard an, an ask. Go, oh, I, I didn't see that. Thank you for pointing out. We'll, we'll, we'll change the stage of the shape. We'll, we'll take the Ceres off. Yeah, I, I want to talk to you a little bit more about uh, the response, uh, including from Matt Schlapp, yeah. who has who has who has made public statements. But I have to take a quick break. Will you will you stick around? Sure. Thanks, everybody. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. It's AG, and this portion of the podcast is brought to you by Stamps.com. There's a lot of fun things I would do if I had some extra time and, of course, some extra money. One thing would not be going to the post office, and that's probably not how you want to spend your free time and money either. So if you want to have some bucks and uh, save some dollars and save some precious time as well, I highly recommend using Stamps.com. Mailing and shipping online at Stamps.com is an absolute breeze. Stamps.com allows you to mail and ship anytime, anywhere, right from your computer at home. You can send letters and ship packages, and you pay a lot less with discounted rates from the Postal Service and UPS. Stamps.com has saved businesses thousands of hours and tons of money. With Stamps.com, you get the service of the post office and UPS all in one place, your home. Plus, big discounts on mailing and shipping rates. I love their service. I use Stamps.com. It's been very smooth and efficient. Stamps.com is a must-have for any business, whether you're a small office sending out invoices, an online seller shipping out orders, or a giant warehouse sending out thousands of packages a day. Stamps.com can handle it all with ease. Simply use your computer to print official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail anywhere and you want to send it. And once your mail is ready, you just schedule a pickup or drop it off. 
It's that easy. With Stamps.com, you get discounts of up to 40% off post office rates and up to 62% off UPS shipping rates. Stamps.com is a no-brainer, saving you time and money. It's no wonder nearly 1 million small businesses already use Stamps.com. So stop wasting time going to the post office and go to Stamps.com instead. There's no risk. And with the promo code DAILYBEANS, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus a bunch of free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts are required, so just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in Daily Beans. That's Stamps.com, promo code Daily Beans. Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. Everybody, welcome back. We're talking to Andrew Hamilton. He's the person who originally pointed out the the shape of the the controversial, now very controversial, shape of the CPAC stage. And just before the break, we were discussing uh, people's response to this, including CPAC uh, what is, uh, and Matt Schlapp. What is Matt Schlapp's... Uh, his associate's role with CPAC. Well, yeah, he's he's the guy in charge of it, as far as I'm, I'm aware. It's his, his conference, isn't it? Yeah, and do you recall his reply? I can pull it up here and I can read it. Yeah, it was something about uh, some the conspiracy theories about the stage design are outrageous and slanderous. I think was his his take on it, wasn't it? That he, uh, just denying denying anything to do or not really addressing the shape at all. Yeah, no, he said stage design conspiracies are outrageous and slanderous. We have a longstanding commitment to the Jewish community. Cancel culture extremists must address anti-Semitism within their own ranks. CPAC proudly stands with our Jewish allies, including those speaking from the stage. He didn't address that. You're right. He didn't address the shape. Uh, didn't acknowledge the error, didn't denounce neo-Nazis mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> by by name. Uh, and so I, f- I found that to be very interesting. And we also got a response, sort of a mealy-mouth response from Hyatt, although I think that came out before the stage shape was pointed out. Yeah, I think I think that might, that, that appears to, it's, it's unclear whether that was a response to CPAC in general or the stage shape. Yeah, because they didn't even mention the stage. They just sort of mentioned uh, a CPAC itself. Uh, and, you know, since then, I mean, we've had a bunch of people changing the Hyatt logo yeah. to have the Odal Rune as the A, people changing the GOP flag to have the Odal Rune as the O. Um, it's, really um been quite an intense response you even got dinesh d'souza annoyed yeah I, yeah he managed to retweet himself as i think which uh <laughs> always is a sign of annoyance <laughs> yeah yeah so here's the hyatt response is that hyatt's most fundamental responsibility is to provide a safe and inclusive environment for all our colleagues guests and customers our commitment to the principle is informed by our purpose as a company to care for people so they can be their best. We take pride in operating a highly inclusive environment, and we believe that the facilitation of gatherings is central a central element of what we do as a hospitality company. We believe in the right of individuals and organizations to peacefully express their views, independent of the degree to which the perspectives perspectives of those hosting meetings and events of our hotel align with ours. Our own values support a culture that is characterized by empathy, respect, diversity of opinions and backgrounds, and we strive to bring this to light through what we do and how we engage with those in our care. So that seems to be totally bereft of any acknowledgement of of the stage shape, and I, I believe that that was just about hosting CPAC in general, and I haven't yet to see a statement from them 
after this came to light. Yeah, it's interesting because if you watch some of the uh, opening stuff to see back where they were talking about the uh, requirement to wear masks because it was a private property and Hyatt, you know, it's Hyatt's policy to wear masks. It does feel a little uh, empty-throated in, in addressing the issue that was brought to, the, brought to their attention. Yeah, and there was something else you pointed out to me too. Tell me about the KISS logo, the band KISS. Oh, yeah. I mean, so... These aren't issues that uh, CPAC aren't the first to fall foul of of misusing some of these iconography. Uh, Top Man in the UK about maybe roughly around 10 years ago had a jacket that had a nodal room, one without Ceres, that was pointed out to them. And they uh, immediately pulled that off the shelves and issued an apology, as you would expect. Uh, But we can go back even further to, I'm going to assume the 80s, maybe even the late 70s, uh, where when KISS went to Germany, uh, the S's in the KISS logo were deemed too similar to the SIG room. And then they're not, they're lightning bolt S's, but they, they're, they're similar geometric shapes and they have a completely different logo in regards to the S's in the logo in Germany, just to navigate around that German law. Uh, because obviously, you know, they, uh, they want to be sensitive to the history of, of, of where these symbols have been misused. And then you get in a word there. Yeah, yeah, and so it, you know, I think it's it's important to to go into this understanding that uh, this isn't the first time these considerations have had to be made. I mean, this, you know, like I said, we I recognize that from the eighties, mm-hmm. you know, going back when when neo Nazism was on the rise, and the Southern Poverty Law Center started tracking. Uh, heads of neo-Nazi groups and neo-Nazi skinheads, and that was one of the prominent symbols that 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 was used then at that point. And I, you know, the way that you know, going back to discussing how to confront this, I read you Schlapp's response. I read you Hyatt's response, though I think, like I said, that was before um, they became aware of the shape of the stage. But like you said, it's really simple, and I've I've just tweeted this out. If 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 you're using a known Nazi symbol for the stage and it was unintentional, all you need to do is acknowledge, like you said before the break, hey, unintentional, and then clearly and strongly denounce neo-Nazis. Yeah. They haven't done that and they refuse to do that. And I think I can guess why. I mean, yeah, we can all make conjecture of why, why, they, why they might want to do that. I mean, it's, I don't know, it, it just... Uh, it just feels like bad PR, however you deal with it. You know, I mean, it, 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 there seems to be an easy out in this situation, which is to go, oh, I'm very sorry, I didn't realise we'll, we'll adjust the stage tonight. I'm not even sure what those side bits would be used for anyway. What, you know, you're going to have to pay extra money for those bits. So we'll, I haven't seen anyone use them yet. No, there's not like a dance number no. that goes out to the wings or anything. Exactly. It's, it's just got video screens above it. And there's really no reason to be standing on that part of the stage. Um, yeah. And, and I think, you know, you can come back. Like I've been dragged on Twitter by, I don't know, by the, the right wing. Uh, none of them. They all seem to deny it, and then they we get. But I guess this is kind of the way that the GOP operates, right? They don't acknowledge errors and fix them. They they turn it around and gaslight you mm-hmm. and say, "No, you're the Nazi. I've been called a Nazi a hundred thousand times this morning because I know so much about this shape." That's that's sort of their comeback, and you sort of heard it in Schlapp's thing, like you're all conspiracy theorists uh, without acknowledging anything so I, I think that turning it around projecting and gaslighting is just sort of the the mo exactly i mean it's it's not i don't feel it's that 
uh, bizarre bit of knowledge to understand where 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 these symbols have come from, you know, uh, or how they've been misused. You know, it's, it's a proto-Germanic language. You know, the language we're speaking now, English, is derived from a Germanic language. You know, if you've got any kind of interest in etymology or typography or or how we communicate, it's not that, it's pretty sufficient. Uh, it's, it's right on the surface. Yeah, well, we'll see if there are any uh, further developments on the response, particularly from Hyatt. I'm really interested to see uh, how they change because, you know, th- their their message of inclusivity and empathy and love, it just uh, really kind of misses the entire point of, yeah. of using Nazi symbolism. Uh, so we'll see how they respond. I appreciate you coming on today, everybody. You can follow him on Twitter at Hammy, H-A-M-I. I don't know how you got a four-letter Twitter handle. That's pretty amazing. I did it very early, and I'm very thankful that they changed their password reset policy because that was getting rather noisy. <laughs> well, uh, I appreciate your time. Thank you for pointing that out. I think we have to call these things out where we see them and, and see how uh, see how people respond to it. So I appreciate your time. My pleasure. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. Hey, everybody, it's AG, and this segment of the podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. Life can be extremely unpredictable and toss curveballs and difficulties at us when we don't see them coming. If something throws you off your game unexpectedly, just remember, you don't have to face challenges alone. So if you're struggling with anything that's preventing you from being as happy as you can be, then I recommend BetterHelp. BetterHelp provides professional counseling online to help you navigate life's challenges. This isn't a crisis line, and it's not self-help. It is licensed professional counseling done securely online. They'll assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, and you can start communicating in under 24 hours. As you know, I've had my own challenges with PTSD and anxiety, and I know how important it is to seek help rather than try to face it alone. The great thing is BetterHelp services are available for clients worldwide, so you can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, and you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, too. And BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change your counselor if needed. A lot of network providers don't, don't you let you do that. It's more affordable uh, than, than traditional offline counseling and financial aids available. So visit their website and read some testimonials like BetterHelp user MA who says, quote, I've been working with Michelle for a year now. She's amazing. She's there for me when I need her and doesn't make me feel overwhelmed in my emotions. Processing everything is easier with someone so gentle. Michelle is the best, unquote. So visit BetterHelp.com slash Daily Beans. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, and you can join the over 800,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced licensed professional. Special offer for Daily Beans listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash daily beans. Hey everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Well, we'll float on good news is on the way. All right, good news for Monday, and it's the first day of March, and uh, the good news is that I can almost guarantee that this March will not be as long Ugh. as last March. You mean 12 months long? You mean 12 months long. <laughs> it, just, it just ended, right? March <laughs> just ended, and here it is it, No, and March has never ended. We're back to square. Hopefully, March will be over uh, 12 months and 30, what, 30 days past September, April, May, 31 days. 31 days in March? Yeah. Yep, 31 days. Yeah, and and I think uh I think it's going to be a good March. I think watch that watch that Manhattan District Attorney's office uh this month. Uh beware the ides of March. Uh if you're the former guy, I'm just saying, uh, again, I don't really have any uh hard 
like factual sources on these things, but just my guess based on uh, all of the other indictments and investigations I've been covering for the last few years. Now, we have listener submitted good news and a couple of we're playing a couple of great games. We'll, we'll talk about them as we come upon them. But you can submit your good news, questions, corrections, everything by going to dailybeanspod.com and clicking on contact. We're doing mis- misheard lyrics, which are always fun. We're also doing guess that breed, where you send in <laughs> pictures of your mutt of your beautiful rescue mutts or you know however you obtain your your mixed breed dog and we try to guess what the breeds are and i was telling ag it's so hard because normally we just look over you know the the good news for you know for me it's words that i may not be able to pronounce like different locations in the country but i'm not doing it now because i don't want to spoil any of the guess the breed game so (laughs) we'll see what happens with this we'll see what happens yeah and you know i want you to go first because this first one is from albuquerque and that's your home stomping ground yes this is mk in albuquerque no pronouns given This falls in the category of misunderstood things, this one from a kid's point of view. I was born in San Antonio. We lived there until I was six. As many will know, the state flower of Texas is the blue bonnet. Now, we had some in our yard, but I wouldn't go near them as I was terrified I'd catch blue bonnet plague. Oh, my (laughs) God. Instead of bubonic plague. That is adorable. Also, during this time, I locked my sister out in the dark carport with a snake one night. To be fair, I was locking the snake out, not my sister, because a five-year every five-year-old knows snakes can open unlocked doors with an embarrassed face. That's hilarious. Um, I'm not sure she's forgiven me yet, and this was over 55 years ago. These two memories prompted my dad to send me the attached picture a few years ago, labeled, of course, Blue Bonnet Plague. <laughs> oh, my God. A.G., look at that fucking snake amongst all That's those flowers. Blue Bonnet Plague. Did you see the snake? I do. I see him. It looks like a rattler. How can you not? It does look like a rattler. <sighs> oh, my God. The Blue Bonnet Plague. Okay. Okay. That's amazing. Thank you. That's another game that we're playing. Things that you got wrong. Yes. Like... Yeah, because I think it all started with the, this little piggy went to market. And yeah. we were like, oh, not the market. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. All right, next up from Adrian, pronoun she and her. My mom is a staunch feminist and would change the genders in the books she read to us at, as kids. So the hero would be the Aww. girl saving the poor boy in distress. And as it turns out, she would change the names of gendered objects, too. The worst was the lazy Susan. I grew up calling it a lazy Larry because my mom didn't want us to associate domestic things with women or think with the lazy. I was so confident when I was in high school, I told a friend she could find the bowl she needed in the lazy Larry. Crumbled quickly as confusion and laughter took over. I was embarrassed then, but now I'm just proud of my mom. That is wonderful. Oh my God, Adrian, that is phenomenal. And I absolutely love your mother. That is so, so great. It reminds me of uh, one of my exes. Uh, his his mom at Seder would read and she would change the pronouns and and uh, and change a few things around when she would, when she would read at Seder. So th- this is just absolutely lovely. I love this so much i'm gonna start calling it a lazy larry it's a lazy larry there's nothing else it's a lazy larry that's amazing all right this next one's from lauren pronoun she and her misheard song lyrics first off i love this segment and i die laughing each morning as i listen to it so please keep doing it 
Uh, here's my contribution to the segment. I played basketball in high school and they would play music in the gym while we warmed up before games. They played the exact same playlist every single game. So it became a bit repetitious. Anyway, one of the songs on that limited list was the final countdown. Okay. Okay. One of my friends at the time would sing along every time after a while I started listening to her actual words. Instead of, it's the final countdown, she thought it was, there's a fire downtown. I still fire downtown. Oh my god. I still sing that out now if I ever hear that song and it will always make me giggle. Oh my goodness. Bonus pet bonus pet tax. Guess my doggo's breed. Ooh, two games in one. He is a half and half mix. One is obvious, the other not so much. <gasps> Maltese. Look. Yeah, I say Maltese and Poodle. Poodle? Oh, you and yeah, below. we think the same one. Maltese poodle. Uh I can't see the answer. I can, um, let's see. Answer is below. Oh, because it wasn't given to us. Um, either we just like this empty photo. Yeah, even we forgot. Either we on our end forgot to include it in the in the production part, um, which is a very good possibility because I have a feeling the person put it in there. So dun 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 to be continued. Mm. Mystery to be continued. Mystery breed. Yeah, I think Poodle Maltese. Me too. Oh, so cute. Uh, next up from Chris M in Portland. Pronouns she and her. Song lyric confession. I've embraced this original mishearing. Every time I hear the chorus of the Vance Joy song, Riptide, I sing, and the cow monster. I refuse to accept the lyrics as written. I don't know what song this is. Riptide is a very, it's an, it's an awesome song. I just can't remember the lyrics right now. If you don't know Vance Joy, you should look up his music. He's fantastic. I saw him in concert. Remember concerts? <laughs> I saw him live in concert at, um, I think it was USC. In Los Angeles. Oh, so, and the cow monster. And, and Chris M has embraced this mishearing and continues to say it. Here's a picture of the pair of squirrels on our feeder. The bolder one, you can see more of its snacky. No, t- no name yet for the shy one whose butt is peeking around the far side. Not pictured. Three of my cats pa- uh, pacing back and forth a foot away behind the window in full view of snacky. The kid has no fear. And I'll throw in a picture of Tennant and Moosey trying to figure out how to cuddle without killing each other. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a great photo of the cats oh my can, goodness they're cuddling but they're like giving each other the the look the stink eye it's like a cat yin yang it's so cute <laughs> it's a feline yin yang that's what it looks like i love it i love it thank you so much for those god i love these I, I really do enjoy these games all right this next one is from anonymous pronouns they them hello queens of the beans you stay you've uh excuse me you've saved my sanity repeatedly since i found you through ag's appearance on Trumpcast. First, my good news. After being cut to part-time hours due to COVID cost-cutting, that was a, 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 lot, a mouthful, I've just been restored to full-time work. Congratulations. Ooh. It's quite the relief, I must say. I was not looking forward to having to move in with my sister, despite how much I love her. Just don't lock her in the garage with a snake. Oh, my God. <laughs> now the... If it was that snake, oh my God, you should be sorry. Okay, now the gentle correction. My very Southern grandmother won't stop rolling in her metaphorical grave until I tell you that Achafalaya, despite its spelling, is pronounced Chafalaya. Wow. So Achafalaya is actually just Chafalaya. Okay. With the double double accent accent on the the chaff chaff and the lie. Chafalaya. Got it. Okay. Chafalaya and the final syllable trailing off in gentle southern breeze. Chafalaya. Chafalaya. That was too hard, AG, a little softer. Chafalaya. Mm, no. 
No, I, I can't do it. <laughs> Come on, just think, <laughs> think, um, think, um, uh, Lindsey Graham. Chaffala. Chaffala. <laughs> All right. It was great. It was close. Makes I'm trying to do, I'm trying to, I've got Dolly Parton in, in, in Steel Magnolias in my head. That's who, Chef that's who I'm trying to emulate here. Now, listen, so you're validated uh, right now. Makes no sense. I agree, but there it is. It adds a co- uh, <laughs> color anyway. The pod text pictures are of my friend's rescue kitty, Gidget. She's wary and hard to capture, but so beautiful. I can never resist trying. Sending you tons of gratitude for all your hard work synthesizing the news for us. I think my mental health would be remarkably worse if not for all of you. Oh, look at this baby. Oh, pretty long hair. What a honey. Thank you for sending that. Oh, this is a beautiful coloration on this kitty. I don't even know what to call it. It's almost like a calico, like washed out. It's beautiful. Gorgeous. Next up, John, pronouns he and him. I have great news. My parents, both over 75, were resisting getting their vaccines because they just didn't want to leave the house at all. But after a convincing phone call and getting both my brother and sister to bug them nonstop and my wonderful wife, who would check appointments every day, they both have appointments this Saturday to get their vaccines. My wife and I did little dances in the hallway. We were so excited. Also, go U.S. Women's National Team. They won the She Believes Cup. That's the game I was telling you I was going to go watch yeah. after the podcast. They kicked ass. It was beautiful. Wonderful. They, uh, John goes on, not only do I love to watch them play, they're also a good example of the wage gap, which, can you believe, I still have to explain to my guy friends. Nah, I can believe it. Uh, for my pod pet tax, I've attached two pics of Misty, one in all her fluff- fluffy glory. Fluffy glory is hard to say. And one just after her yearly shaving. I love y'all. Thanks so so much for doing such a wonderful show. <gasps> oh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> the face. Oh, her face. my God. <laughs> that cat face almost looks like the cat thinks it's naked, like... How fucking dare you? What have you done? What have you done? To <gasps> my coat. Okay, I hadn't scrolled yet. Oh, oh. Okay, go ahead. Oh my goodness, that second picture is definitely a what did you do? Oh my God, what did you do? Oh, that's a guilty doggo. John, that's hilarious. John, um, not to brag, but this is one of, I'm, I'm a huge uh, U.S. Women's National Team fan, so I actually went to France for the World Cup Um it wasn't last year because everything was COVID last year. So 2019 and I got to see them play the semifinals and the finals when they beat the Netherlands. And it was so awesome. We got, um, lottery tickets. And so we ended up being in the area with the outlaws, which is a group, um, AG, I'm just going to tell you. And for the rest of the listeners, it's a group of women's us, us women's national team fan base that travels with them and everywhere. And they always get the giant tickets behind their home net. So they call themselves the outlaws and we happen to get seats right with them. So it was awesome. Amazing. And watching that, yeah, Rose Lavelle and Pino when they scored their goals, we were we were on the half where they were scoring. So it was really awesome. Wow. Um, yeah, it was one of those things that, you know, uh, I hope to get to see him again. The next Women's World Cup, I think, is in Australia. So we'll see what the world looks like then. Uh, John, thank you so much for that. Okay, this next one's from Will, pronounce he, him. Hey, y'all, I wanted to submit my parents' dog, Charlie, for the Mixed Breed Challenge. Ooh, he's 17 pounds and about five to six years old. We were so shocked when we got his DNA test results back, we actually asked them to double check, and they did. (laughs) So I'm curious to see what you guys guess for him. He's the sweetest little guy and absolutely perfect match for my parents. For an additional pod pet tax, I also included some photos of me and my partner's pets, Winston, who's a Shibu Inu, and 
Osiris, uh, a ragdoll. They did not grow up together as we each came with one of them, but luckily they get along pretty well. We moved to Nashville area last March. Perfect timing, I know. Mm-hmm. And Winston finally got to play in the snow for the first time, which he absolutely loved. Okay, so we are looking for Charlie's mixed breed. All right. <gasps> Is Charlie the one with the piggy? I'm going to assume so, and I can tell you I think... I know two of them because Charlie looks a lot like my friend's dog, Abby, which is a shagel mix, which is a shepherd beagle. Mm. So I think they're shepherd beagle in Charlie of Charlie's the one with the pig. Well, that tail is distinctly a schnauzer tail, but this dog does not look like a schnauzer. But that is a schnauzer tail, like if I've ever seen one. But Well, maybe there's schnauzer in there and that got the little tail on there. Maybe. So you say shepherd, beagle, schnauzer. Anything else mm-hmm. you're seeing in here, like a little husky or anything? Um, husky, husky tail on the second one, actually, because it's curled. Oh, yeah. You're No, you're right. You're right. I'm going husky on the tail. Husky. Shepherd beagle husky. Shepherd beagle husky. I like it. All right, here we go. Down. Uh, dun, 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 dun. Oh, shit. We have schnauzers. Schnauzers in there, but that, but the tail I was looking at straight on. Cocker spaniel. Poodle. Nothing I said. I don't see poodle shih tzu. Mixed breed groups. Terrier. Companion herding sporting. Oh, yeah. I would have sent this one back to and been like, I think you need to run this test again. Yeah. <laughs> if those are the results, Schnauzer, a miniature Schnauzer, Cocker Spaniel, Poodle. I think they gave you so- oh, Terrier Companion herding sporting. Interesting. Yeah, I don't. I wasn't even close. I, I wonder if my friend's dog is not a shagel now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm with you, Will. I'd have been like. Mm. Can you Mm-mm. check this again? I wonder what Will thought. If Will thought what we did. Well, you should let us know if you thought what we did. That 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 did. Yeah, I, I'm interested too what Will initially thought. Because you're right with the with the shepherd beagle. It looks so like that. It, it just does. And then you've got the husky tail, right? Yeah. And it is with the, with the little husky butt. Mm. All right. Another fun another fun day of guess <laughs> that breed. <laughs> oh, and they did attach the um the MP3 of the cow monster mp3 so we'll include that in the newsletter if you have anything you want to submit any of these fun delightful games and also again lauren tell us what your little maltese poodle your multi poo is because it's the the we didn't quite get the answer um it didn't translate over from our producer's notes so uh, anyway, you can send everything in at dailybeanspod.com. Click on contact. This has been so much fun. It's uh, going to be another wild week. Everybody stay tuned. And I appreciate you uh, listening today. Do you have any final words? I do. I've got a show coming up, a Facebook Live. So for the Beans listeners uh, that follow me on the Facebook, um, you can join my page. It's going to be Wednesday, and I'll I'll let you know for sure the time in the coming episodes, either 5 or 6 p.m. Pacific Standard. I'll be doing a short comedy set, and then I'm actually going to be having a guest because the series will be called Behind the Curtain. And the guest is going to be Vicky Martinez, and some of you may know her from The Voice, and others may know her from Orange is the New Black. She played Daddy on on the last season of Orange is the New Black. just an incredible actress. Yeah, Facebook Live show. Um, so you'll get to hear some comedy. We're going to raise some money for another important charity. And hopefully I'll have some of you back on board. So I'll have more information in the next two days for you. Wonderful. I will definitely be watching that. And also, I also said final words again. I need to stop doing that. That's hilarious. So many final words. And apparently I've been fired. So it's been nice knowing you all. And take care. I meant final thoughts. Uh, everybody, we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, please join us. Until then, please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet, and take care of your mental health. I've been AG. And I've been TG. And them's the beans.
The Daily Beans is directed, written, and hosted by executive producer Allison Gill and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Audio. Staff writers include Dana Goldberg, Amy Carrero, and Allison Gill. Our copy is written by Jesse Egan, and our marketing manager, executive assistant, and social media director is Kanai. Fact-checking and research by Allison Gill, Dana Goldberg, and Amy Carrero. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder of Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com. Hey, everybody, do not miss our Daily Beans After Party on the Stereo app. We'll be going live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Dana and I want to hear from you. Our last stereo show went a little bit like this. And uh, we're here doing our live after party. Daily Beans After Party is what they're, what they're calling it, what the kids are calling it these days. It reminds me of I just watched <laughs> the 30 Rock episode where Liz Lemon was like, uh, out with the Tracy Jordan, and he's like, "Are you going to the after, 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 after party?" And they end up like on somebody's roof. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, just finished watching that vote—the vote to oust Marjorie Taylor Greene from Woo-hoo! her team committee. Uh, I, I think I was incorrect. I think the last time we were here live, I said that she was only, I thought she was only on one committee. She was on two committees. She yeah. was on education and labor and also on the budget committee. Like Education, what? education. She's on the committee of education. She was, was, because she got voted <laughs> off of education. Yeah. And 11 Republicans voted alongside Democrats to oust her from these seats. Uh, so we're going to see how the backlash of that plays out. Cause as you know, McCarthy was like, well, what about Maxine Waters and what about so-and-so and they get to keep their committee seats. Like they committed, like they wanted other people to be executed or believed that nine 11 was not real or what, like, come exactly. on, like stop. Stereo is the app for live social conversations. We want to talk directly with you, the listeners. Ask us questions about news, politics, anything. And you can share your experiences and opinions, and we want to hear it all. So download the new app called Stereo and join us live this week, Thursday, 5 p.m. Pacific. Link to our show in the description and join us over on the Stereo app.